listening to Totally Pro League. This is hockey. Oh, There's a deflection shot. Beats the keeper. Play waved on. There's the shot. Goes goal. Blues. And welcome, greetings, Totally Pro League, episode 13. My name's John Lee. I'm your host. I'll be your only host for this particular episode of Totally Pro League. It's been a very busy time here in Perth for Matt and I on the reverse stick and things were a little bit out of the shop this week, over the shop, all over the shop I should say. With India in town, off to the test matches, uh, the Australian men taking on uh, the Indian team here and things just are a little bit wacky but we'll be returning to normal next week, no doubt there. Could be a shorter show too because there's only two games to get through from the weekend. Let's have a look at them now, shall we? And first up, it was off to Spooky Nuke. In fact, both games were played at Spooky Nuke, the best-known sports field in the world. Australia taking on the home team, United States. It was a game that I'm pretty sure the Australians needed to uh, get the full points for. And they duly did a 4-0 victory there in the end. Perhaps had to work a lot harder than they thought they may have needed to. Uh, the Americans, once again, they're very plucky in defence. It's almost as if it's just, uh, you know, if they hadn't got the first goal, it would have been a completely different game. Australia led 1-0 at half-time after a, a scoreless first quarter, and that was thanks to a goal in the 19th minute to number two, Ambrosium Malone, and a cracking goal it was. All of them were field goals as well, which was good to see. Um, Rosie Malone, she knows where they are, doesn't she? Uh, then we got way deep into the thir- um, the final quarter. Uh, score made at 1-0 throughout the, the third period. Final quarter, 4-0. Uh, three goals were scored uh, in the 50th minute. It was number 32, Savannah Fitzpatrick. She backed up with a double in the 51st minute as well. Both field goals. Um, one a tap-in, one a very good tap-in. And then finally the game finished out with a fourth goal, 58th minute. It was number 26, Emily Chalker, who got on the board there. And as I said, they're all field goals, uh, a couple of ripper field goals in there as well. If for the American team, it was probably a result we all expected to a certain degree. Um, and they, they were still way in it and until that second goal went in and you got the feeling that just a little bit of wind went out of the sails uh, they do try hard they're a very determined and dogged team the United States I think at the very least Yannicka Shopman has got the, the the bones of a um, a very good team moving forward they probably just need a class playmaker and uh, someone to get the goals in they make they, they do make opportunities uh and it's funny how one player can make a difference because suddenly that means someone else can go play there and then someone else is playing there. And sometimes that's when you find undiscovered talent within a player. Uh, if you look at the stats, though, Australia completely dominated 45 circle entries. The Americans still managed 25. Um, what the, the stat that really sort of interests me is from those 45 circle entries, only 12 shots on goal for the Australians. And from the Americans, 25 circle entries, only three shots on goal. So I think both teams would be looking at that. And uh, ruining missed chances 
about a good win to Australia. Uh, the United States backed up two days later. That was uh, the first game was on the uh, 10th of May, the, this Friday, and then on to the Sunday. Uh, and it was once again the United States at Spooky Nuke taking on the visitors. This time Argentina. We got pretty much the same result from a game that, in some ways, went pretty much the same as the Australia game. Uh, nil all for the first quarter. Then at half-time, Argentina had taken a 1-0 lead in the 21st minute. It was uh, number 19, Augustina Albertario, who got uh, on the scoreboard there uh, from a penalty corner. Uh, then uh, a sort of went a bit lacklustre in the middle part of the game, either side of half-time, I felt. But uh, Argentina got back on the score sheet in the 37th minute, another penalty corner. This time it was uh, number 11 who got on the scoreboard there, and that's Carla Rebecca. Who would have thought Carla would be getting a tip in? Uh, Argentina scored again then in the 52nd minute, a scoreless third period. The Americans, once again, desperate scrambling defence, and Chelsea Bing is a very good young goalkeeper there in the net. She uh, made some really good saves against some quality strikes. Uh, but in the 52nd minute, it was too much. The floodgates opened for number 21 for Argentina, Victoria Granato. Uh, two field goals in the 52nd and 53rd minute just blew the game out there to the 4-0 uh, final scoreline. Once again, a game many, well, a lot me included, predicted could have got very, very ugly for the United States. Uh, scoreline says that not much probably went their way, but... <laughs> You know, teams like Argentina, if they uh, they get a sniff, sometimes they can, as uh, proved in the last couple of minutes there, uh, just bang, bang, and suddenly you go from maybe in the game to being totally out of the game. They're the results. What does that mean for the tables? Let's find out. Well, we'll get to the men in a minute. For the women uh, first, because there were no men's games over the weekend, not much really changes there, table-wise. Uh, as far as standings go, the Netherlands are still on top with 87.5%. They've only played eight games. They've got plenty to go, and uh, they'll certainly score more than the 21 points they have at the moment. Uh, Argentina, still second. They've played 12 games, though. Limited opportunities for them to uh, put pressure on the, the Dutch, you'd think. There. They're on 83% with uh, 30 points from their 12 games. Belgium are the interesting ones in third place. They've only played six games. They're going at 72%, so they've got plenty of games in hand. Not sure that they'll catch the Netherlands, but certainly can put pressure on uh, Argentina, you'd think, and probably make it impossible uh, for themselves to fall out if with a couple of good results in the next week or two, and they'll probably be home and hose for the finals. The interesting teams are coming up now. Australia, who scored uh, full points on the weekend, they moved their percentage up slightly from 60 to 63%. They've played 11 games, though, 21 points. Uh, six wins. They're going to need to pick up some more wins on the road. They'll be looking ahead to China and thinking, we've got to get some points there. And uh, then off to Europe. And it'll be uh, interesting to the, see how they... Uh, they managed to string those games together through Europe against uh, two of the, the top three teams at the moment, plus games against Germany and Great Britain thrown in there as well. Fourth, uh, in fifth place, once again, nothing's changed in the ladder at all. Uh, Germany are in fifth place. 
They're on 58%, uh, 14 points, but they've only played eight games, so they've got three games ahead uh, on hand against Australia. Um, and uh, they've less than nine points, what is that, seven points behind Australia. So if they can win all three of those games and Australia don't win anything, uh, Germany could very well find themselves in that fourth position. New Zealand are in sixth at the moment. They're on 12 points, 36%, and they've played 11 games. I can't see New Zealand making the finals, nor can I see China in eighth and United States in ninth place. They're pretty well cooked. China on 27.8%, and the United States down there on 11.1%. However, Great Britain at the moment are in seventh position. They've only played eight games. They've managed seven points from those eight games. They're only on 29%. But they have those three games in hand over both Australia and New Zealand. So I think they'll certainly rise above New Zealand in the rankings. Then there's a fight for them. Now, Australia is the most vulnerable of those teams above them. Germany, I think, have got the box seat for taking that fifth position. But they're only on the eight games played as well. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a fight out going on there. I think Belgium, the Argentina and the Netherlands will be safe. It's Australia who's going to have a lot of hard work uh, coming up in the future. But one thing they do have in their favour is points in the bank. Uh, there's nothing better than having the points there. When you've got them, others have to come chasing and that creates another sort of pressure on teams. Uh, if Germany and Great Britain can hold their nerve, there's a place waiting in the Pro League finals for them. Just having a look quickly at the goal scorers for the ladies. Olivia Merry, still out on top there. She hasn't played a game for a while. Eight goals, five of them from the field, two penalty corners and a penalty stroke. But things are going to start to heat up underneath her very soon. Savannah Fitzpatrick picked up uh, a double on the weekend. She's up into second place with six goals, all of them from the field. Then uh, Frederick Matler comes in third position there. She's on five goals, three from the field, a penalty corner and a stroke in there as well. Uh, so that's the top three for the women goal scorers. Let's have a look now very quickly at what's happening with the men. Uh, nothing much changed. Well, nothing has changed at all from last week. Pal Kamada, top of the goal scorers, he scored eight, seven field goals in a penalty corner. Phil Roper's in second position from Great Britain. Uh, he scored six goals, five from the field and one from the penalty corner. And then three players are on five goals. Marcio Casella from Argentina. His teammate Matthias Paredes is with him in, on five goals. And then Sam Ward from Great Britain. Few games in hand for Sand to uh, stake his claim for the top goal scorer there in the men's pro league. You're listening to Totally Pro League. Uh, I'm John Lee, your co-host. Sadly, haven't got another co-host with us this week, so we're not going to spend too much time talking in the middle of this section. But something I thought I would do was go through June, because it's a big month in the Pro League. It's not too far away. We've we've got some games coming up uh, this week, which I'll get to shortly. Um, there's f- five games coming up this week, and then there's uh, the following week we've got another three games, uh, f- three, five. So there's there's ten games left for the rest of this month. So over spread over a couple of weeks there. Then we get to June. Let's talk about June, baby. Talk about Pro League Hockey. 
some retro there for you, Keely. Hope you like that one. That's not very good, is it? We start off on the 1st of June, of June and the games will be played between the 1st and the 23rd. Then there's a three-day break. There's Sunday the 23rd, then a three-day break before the finals get underway in Amsterdam with the, the women's games on Thursday the 27th. 28th will be men's final, uh, semi-finals. Then the women's finals will be final, will be played on Saturday the 29th, um, uh, 4pm. That game will be getting underway. The men's final will be played on Sunday the 30th. Once again, that game getting underway at 4pm, which is a really good time for us here in Perth. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the one versus, uh, three versus four game will be played earlier at 2pm. Uh, and the semi-finals will also be played. What time have we got there for the semi-finals? Um, 6.30 and uh, 8.30, I believe that is. Those games will be played on the Thursday, uh, but we'll confirm those times as we get closer. Let's get back into talking about June, though, and what a big month it is for the hockey. Forty games played over 23 ga- over 23 days. 22 of them will be women's games. 18 of them, the men, of course, with Pakistan not competing. There's one less team, so you drop a couple of games out there. Uh, what a packed month it's going to be. Netherlands will be playing eight games in 23 days on the women's side of things and six in, uh, sorry, six in 21 days for the men. Belgium will be playing 20, uh, seven games in 22 days for the women and for the men they'll be playing six games in 22 days. Germany, the women will be playing seven games in 22 and five in 15 for the men. Great Britain have got four games in 23 days for the men and just the three games for the women. Uh, Australia are interesting. The uh, Australian women will play five games in those 23 days but for the men they have four games spread over 10 days, the last 10 days of the competition. Uh, that'll be an interesting run for them. Um, but everybody's playing well, on the men's side of things. Argentina only play the three games, but everybody else is playing at least four games in that period. Great Britain have four. Uh, New Zealand play four. Spain have got three games as well, I should say. There on the the women's side of things, the US just the three games during that period. China only play two games, as do Argentina and Great Britain just the three. So the load's not necessarily being spread evenly. And as I've mentioned all throughout these podcasts, you know, fixturing is one of the big issues that the, the concept of the Pro League has to face. And uh, when you look at it, it's it's more like a, a soccer World Cup where teams will be travelling from city to city. You won't just be, as opposed to the Hockey World Cup where you're based in a city and everybody plays. Um, games spread out during the midweek and... Uh, Doubling up some weeks with games as well. Germany, the women will play New Zealand on the, on the 9th of, uh, June and then on the 12th they'll be playing Belgium and I think they'll get up on, on the next, that Sunday the 16th as well they're playing Australia. So they've got one, two, three, three games in seven days there. Uh, good workout for the girls and it's top class, class high intensity hockey too. Um, See, interesting to see how the, the players go. One thing that the Europeans do have in favour is you guys tend to uh, play in the same city. So although Germany will be playing those three games in seven days, they'll all at the same venue as opposed to... Uh, and home games. When that was to happen here in Australia, there's a likelihood you'd 
flying to three different cities and possibly across the country to get those three games in. And it's just the way it happens here. We all want our chunk of the pie, and um, if a game's on in Sydney, it can only really be attended by people who live in Sydney as opposed to you know, perhaps people in Great Britain who have a greater opportunity to at least try and travel to get to those games if they live further away. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we come, what the, the FIH comes with up with as far as the programming goes. If you look back over, we've got those 40 games in in 23 days, and I haven't done the count yet, going back through the previous uh, three months of the competition. But you could probably mount a case that you could fit this whole competition into two and a half or or three months. Um, what toll that would take on players and how they would feel about it is another story. One you definitely want to run past them. Um, Perhaps by shortening the competition, it would give the uh, Pro League better leverage uh, in the uh, argument against club hockey. You could fit it into a shorter time frame and perhaps it be played in such a way that it interfered less with the major club hockey competitions that go on, not only in Europe, but for us here in Australia as well. I think we've got to be fair to clubs across the nation, uh, across the globe. And... Um, you know, Argentina, I think it's Argentina and Australia and the United States face slightly different problems uh, with the fixturing than they you would in the European nations. And, of course, India will throw up another interesting spanner in the works. It may, in fact, make it a, an easier competition to, uh, to fixture. Your team's rotating through more venues through the Southern Hemisphere and through Asia, India, Australia, New Zealand... China, uh, yeah, being, of course, the big killer with any idea like that is the airfares though, isn't it? Yeah, we need a sponsor perhaps. You're listening to a much shorter edition of Totally Pro League this week. John Lee, no co-host because we're very busy and all over the shop and things just didn't turn out this week back to normal next week fingers crossed um, let's look at this weekend's games for the Pro League and it's Great Britain in action this weekend at home uh, both on Saturday and Sunday backing up, we've seen the Australian teams here back up across weekends for games, Great Britain are doing it Men and the women in action first up on Saturday. Uh, it's Great Britain versus Argentina. The women will be underway from 1pm local time there at Lee Valley Hockey and Tennis Centre. Great venue. I'm looking forward to a, a really top quality coverage of the game there as well. They've been very good with the coverage so far. The host broadcaster. It's a good time for me as well. Saturday the 18th. I'm just getting... Getting home from the hockey club about that time. So, uh, play my game on Saturday and they'll be sitting down in front of the TV watching Great Britain in action and following it up a little bit later on in the night if I can keep my eyes open by that time. A fair bit amount of carbo loading going on there. Uh, 3pm locally, it will be the men getting underway there. Um, for, for the Great Britain teams, um, very big games. Let's have a look at, at how things sit on the table for Great Britain and the, and the men's side of things are sitting in third position with plenty of games in hand. Uh, they've only played the six, but they're on 72%. Argentina have played nine, uh, but they're only on 48%. 13 points. Great Britain are also sitting on 13 points, so a crux match for um, both of these teams. 
uh, Great Britain take that out, it'll go a long way to ensuring they make a, a spot in the final. For Argentina, it's just going to make it that little bit more difficult. Um, so really looking forward to uh, seeing how that match pans out. On the women's side of things, what will that mean? Well, Argentina, as I've said, are very much likely going to fit in, finish, finish in the finals. They're on 30 points. Um, and I think they'll pick up enough games to uh, consolidate their position there. Great Britain are the one that really needs a victory here. A victory there would take them to 10 points, which is uh, still shy of Australia's 21, but they'd still have uh, two games in hand and be closing rapidly with plenty of games to go. Could they make up that gap? It'll depend entirely upon how well Australia goes. If they can't win any more games or pick up some shootout points, draws and a bonus point here or there, they're going to be in real trouble. But as I said, points in hand, you take them every time. Big game for a developing Great Britain women's side there. And uh, could it be the game that turns it for them? We'll find out on Saturday night. Now, squeezed in between the Great Britain's uh, Saturday and Sunday fixture is a game at Spooky Nuke. It's the US taking on China. It'll be played at 7pm local time there. I'm just trying to get in any excuse I can to say Spooky Nuke. It will be played at Spooky Nuke. Fabulous venue, Spooky Nuke. Now, I'm looking forward to that game as well because they're two teams at the at the bottom of the table and at times they've both showed a lot and have shown, I think, that they deserve to be at least considered worthy of the competition. I mean, someone's got to be at the bottom of the table. <laughs> That's just the nature of what it is. Are they playing well enough? I think they probably are, and I think for their development now that they're in there and doing this, it's vitally important to keep them there, and um, it'll be interesting to follow their development over the next uh, couple of seasons, at least of the, the Pro League. Then on to the Sunday games. Great Britain at home once again. Lee Valley Hockey and Tennis Centre. Women underway at 1pm. Men underway at 3pm. Great Britain versus Belgium. Now this is a great opportunity for the, the Great Britain women to pick up those points that they need to, to get the gap between them and the Australians lowered. Uh, the fighting against Germany too have only played the eight games and on the 14 points. Now for Belgium. Win this game, it would put them on to 16 points, having played seven games, which would make it extremely difficult for either Germany or Great Britain to knock them out and make Australia the vulnerable team. Belgium women will be looking at this going, this is a big chance to put some distance between us and the other teams with still plenty of games in hand. Uh, two games in hand over both Germany and Great Britain and another, what's that, five games over Australia in hand. So it's a really big chance for them to make a statement about their intentions for this tournament. For Great Britain, it's another one. Pick up a win against Belgium. Um, it stands them in good stead as far as that. Belgium could be one of the teams that they're fighting for for that uh, lower-end spot in the finals. So a big game for them there. On the men's side of things, once again, a game going on between two teams with plenty of games in hand, and they're already sitting high on the table. Belgium is in second place, 80%, 12 points. Great Britain is in third place, 72%, 13 points. So a big game for both of those sides to try and consolidate a place at the top of the table. Uh, Get those points up now. 
won't have to be fighting uh, later on down the track. Argentina are in fifth place at the moment with Netherlands in fourth place. Uh, the Netherlands, you'd think, with seven games down against Great Britain with six and Belgium five. Uh, perhaps a team that might appear likely to slip out if anybody does. Who would go in? I think Argentina are currently placed fifth on nine points, so they're gone, I would imagine. Germany have only played the seven games, though. Uh, and they're sitting in sixth place, going at 38% on just eight points. It might be that they're just a tad too far behind to catch either the Netherlands or Great Britain, who are currently third and fourth. So Belgium and Great Britain, it's almost a, a six-point game, that one. It'll, it'll go a long way towards determining uh, who's going to pick up second position. I think Australia are vulnerable at the top, perhaps, on 22 points, but there, that's 10 points ahead of uh, second place and nine points ahead of third place at the moment. They've got them in the bank, and it's for other teams that come and chase them. They'd be looking at everybody else, I think, and hoping that Germany and Belgium score, and it's a nil-all draw in the shootout. That's the way they like to be seeing that, I'm sure. That's it for this week, folks. Uh, short, shaft and swift this week. Join us again next week. We'll have more Totally Pro League action. Uh, also, Push Past Pundits will be out very shortly. Listen out for that one, of course. The Reverse Stick every week will be out, I think, on Saturday this week. By the way, a way things are working out. More test games coming up on Friday, so we'll be down there as well watching that action. Interesting team that's top of the table in the Pro League taking on a team that decided not to go in the Pro League. And we'll now be back next year in the Pro League. Thoroughly entertaining games of hockey they've been so far. So can't wait for India to be in there now. It should be a fabulous competition if we can get a team of their quality in. And the way they play is really exciting. So looking forward to it. Enjoy your hockey week. Uh, take care and uh, good luck to your Pro League team. Till next time. Bye for now. Oh.